It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'm going to introduce my guest in a minute, and I promise this is going to be a really terrific hour. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This week is very special because it is my 400th episode, and as you can imagine, I'm pretty excited about it. I've read that most shows don't go past seven episodes. Doing anything worthwhile requires total commitment to your goal. There are times where I could have quit but didn't. In fact, in 2014, I had a life-threatening illness that sidelined my show for three months in a row. I was physically unable to go on for a while, but once I fully recovered, I was back in the game. There were times where I had technical or life challenges that could have prevented me from doing my show, but I still found a way. For example, the week that I interviewed Jack Canfield, I did so from a free conference room at the Chandler Public Library in downtown Chandler, Arizona. The main time, main idea is that if you are completely committed to something, you will find a way. This show has meant a lot to me, and it's provided me with so many unforeseen opportunities. It's led to me interviewing celebrities on the red carpet, being invited on hundreds of other people's shows, creating a magazine, speaking on stages, being on television, and a whole lot more. So if you've ever thought about quitting – I encourage you not to. Find a way to make it work. If it's important to you, you will find a way. Remember why you started, then keep going. You will be so glad you did. And if you've not picked up my latest book, it is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's based on some of the best interviews from this show, including Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, Dan Locke, Brad Sugars, and so many more. You can pick that up on Amazon. Once again, that is Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2 by Brian K. Wright. And that's me. So my guest this week for episode number 400 is Stefan Georgi. Let me tell you about him. He's considered one of the top direct response copywriters in the world, with his words grossing over $700 million in sales. This includes numerous direct response pieces that are actively grossing over $10 million a month for both himself and his clients. A serial entrepreneur with multiple multi-million dollar companies under his belt, he mentors numerous entrepreneurs and freelancers through his copywriting programs, Copy Accelerator and RMBC, and his call center business, which is called Turtle Peak. He's been featured in Authority Magazine, BuzzFeed, and the Call Center Times, and so many more. We have a lot to unwrap today. Today on episode number 400. And so here's my guest, Stefan Georgi. Stefan, how are you today? Hey, I'm great, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's an amazing day to be alive, and I couldn't be happier. So let me ask you a question. Sometimes I ask this very big, outside-the-box, thought-provoking question. If there was an empty mall near you, say 50,000 square feet or more, what would you do with it, considering what a serial entrepreneur that you are? Oh, man, what a way to... Sorry, what a question. Um, 
I guess in a in a perfect world, I would create some kind of academy or or school or place where I could help people who want to develop different skills around freelancing and entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, to to kind of go and have the option the opportunity to do that, get professors or um or expert instructors, and yeah, create a whole kind of offline academy teaching people how to create an income and to make a living as an entrepreneur or as a freelancer. I love that answer because there actually is an empty mall about two miles away from me, and I drive by it every single day, and I think about what could I do with it. I think about a live-work office space situation. I think about opening a school. I think about maybe a fitness center in part of it, maybe an event center when things open back up. There's so many things you can do with that much space, and making it a multi-purpose center like that I think would be really great. I love your answer, using it as an academy for learning to help entrepreneurs build their business. That's a fantastic answer. So let me ask, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are now? Um, not really. I I was always entrepreneurial, and I definitely felt like I would be successful, uh, but I had no idea what that would look like or what shape it would take. And for a while, even into my early 20s and almost my mid-20s, I was a bit of an unguided missile. That's what my dad called me kind of shortly before my dad passed away. He said, you're an unguided missile because I tended to bounce around from different thing to different thing, and I had trouble sort of staying focused on any one uh, project or job or things like that. So it was it was pretty murky until really my, my late 20s. I'm 35 now. So no, it took a while. Absolutely. No, I, I certainly can believe that. How did your career start for you? Yeah, so in 2011, I was actually working as an outdoor ed instructor at a place called The Outdoor School, which is in Marble Falls, Texas. And mm. this is after having bounced around from different jobs like a call center jobs, uh, did brand ambassador work, worked in a warehouse, worked in a movie theater, just all kinds of different stuff. And uh, I ultimately found, you know, this outdoor school and I was teaching kids about nature and um, really enjoying it and thought that might be what I was going to do for the next five plus years of my life. And then uh, unfortunately, my dad, he got sick with uh, stage four cancer. It was very sudden. So, I mean, you know, you say he got sick, he probably was sick for a long time, but we you know, didn't find out until pretty late on, um, late into it. And so, I went back to San Diego, which is where I'm from, to kind of be with him for the final years of his life and uh, or final months of his life. It was about four months, actually. And um, after he passed, I went to Las Vegas to kind of blow off some steam. Like this is about a month after he passed away in mm. October of 2011. And uh, at a poker table there, uh, I met a girl. She walked into the room and got seated at my table. And, and I thought she was really beautiful. And somebody asked her what she did for a living. And she said, I'm a writer. And I wanted to talk to her because I thought she was really you know just gorgeous and i said yes uh you know what kind of writer and she said i'm a copywriter and i said oh that's so interesting and then i pulled out my iphone one or whatever i had at the time and i googled what's a copywriter because i had no idea mm -hmm. um i did like under the table but i wanted to, to make small talk with her and um ended up spending the next several like weeks with, with that same girl and i took a job in south florida and she came to visit and um eventually i was like she came to visit in South Florida and I said after for a weekend, but at the end of the weekend I said, Hey, I don't want you to leave. She said, I don't want to leave either. And so mm. she didn't. She stayed. We moved in together right away. And then after, you know, a few months of this last this ended up being the last corporate job I ever had, because I was out in the Florida sun doing an outside sales job, making, you know, two hundred bucks a day, which in your mid twenties was pretty good. But mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd I'd get home and there'd be days where she's in her, her pajamas or her underwear drinking a, a beer and she made like $800 or $1,000. And 
finally I was like, hey, I want to I want to try to do what you do. You know, do you think I can? And and she said, yeah. So I ended up putting the thing up on a website called Warrior Forum, offering to write sales copy for people uh, for $149 per um, sort of piece of copy. And I woke up the next day, I had $298 in my PayPal account, and I quit uh, the job like about a month and a half after that. Started writing copy, and I haven't looked back yet. And then to, to close the loop, that because I forget this part of the story a lot, and then mm-hmm. she kills me. That girl ended up becoming my wife, and we have a three-year-old daughter now, and. Um, so we've been married for a while and together pretty much ever since. That is an important part of the story. You don't want to leave that part out. No, she doesn't like when I forget that part. Absolutely. So for those who maybe have an idea of what copywriting is but not really, how is this type of writing different from other types of writing? Yeah, 100%. So you know, on a broad level, copywriting is um, like writing ads. So whether you know you hear an ad on the radio or it's an infomercial on TV – or you read an ad in a magazine, any of that, that's all copywriting. The type of copy that I'm specifically doing that I specialize in is direct response copywriting. And so that's where we want uh, the person who's reading the ad to respond, to make, you know, to directly respond to the ad. And so that could be that they read uh, an ad online and that they click the buy now button or the add to cart button. It could be that they uh, click to schedule an appointment or it could be that they you're reading in a magazine and they pick up the phone and call in to get more information. So we're, it's the type of, of writing of ads where we want the prospect or the prospective consumer to directly respond to what we are, um, the action we're telling them to take and having them directly respond to that ad. And that's direct response. Yeah. So how did you know that you were ready? I mean, I understand that you, your girlfriend now wife was making a whole lot more money than you, but how did you feel the confidence to just jump in and say, I really want to try this? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know if I if I had that much confidence, but I just had always been somebody who really had an entrepreneurial streak and who had felt a calling towards that stuff. And so, uh, and and then realized that like I was miserable in this this job I had, and and the the last job I had was like probably you know like like the best job I'd ever had, where it's like they gave me a car, they paid for my gas, they put me in corporate housing, they did all this stuff. And I just still wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I didn't take a leap and try something new, that uh, this could be a pattern that continued for the rest of my life and, and that that would probably be really problematic. And so part of it was less having confidence and more being so kind of desperate that mm-hmm. I was willing to put myself out there. I, I think I frankly had pretty low self-confidence at that point in my life just because even though we shouldn't measure ourselves by by money, um, the fact that I never really held a job for that long or never could make a bunch of money, like I just, I think, you know, that can that can impact your self-esteem if you feel sort of like you're not worthy. Um, so I don't think it was like that I was super confident. It was more so like I just was, things were bad enough or I was desperate enough to, to make the leap. Yeah, sometimes desperation can be a very powerful motivator, huh? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So what were some of your biggest challenges getting started doing copywriting? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. I mean, there, there was a ton. Um, I, early on, I think when every, people go into copywriting or, or really freelancing in general, uh, they envision kind of this digital nomad lifestyle. And I, at least I know I did where it was like, oh, I can be on a on a beach, you know, drinking a pina colada and writing and getting paid for it. Or I can travel the world and, you know, I've got no boss. And there's all the kind of uh, wonderful visions that are in your head. But then in reality, uh, there's no safety net either. So when you kind of quit a, a job and go into to freelancing and, and copywriting in this case, um, there's there's a lot of ups and downs. I think for me, the biggest issues were a steady stream of, of clients, um, you know, needing to like to get clients and 
also just being able to, uh, I guess, figure out how to manage my money too was pretty important because you'd have like, you know, a a few weeks or a month where maybe things go really well, but then you'd have like another month where things were in a drought. And um, it just made it really challenging early on. I had to really figure out how to get clients consistently. That was probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. We are coming up against our very first break. We're talking with Stefan Georgi, and he is a multi, multi, multi million dollar copywriter. He has grossed over $700 million with his words, both for himself and his clients. We're going to come right back and talk about copywriting in more detail when we return. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you ever feel like you spend more time channel surfing for something to watch on TV than actually watching a program? Well, you're right. A recent study suggests that the average American will waste 23 minutes every day trying to find something to watch on television. That's 1.3 years of your life wasted on changing channels. What's another word for lounging in bed watching TV? Herkel Durkel. And get this, the inventor of the remote control didn't even watch television. Many people thought the remote control was just another Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. I think the real question is, how much of our lives do we spend searching for the remote control? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That'd mean a lot. And leave a review. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So, Stefan, I want to ask you, what is your big reason why you do what you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and by the way, you have the best music coming in. Well, um, was that Jefferson Starship? That's Jefferson awesome. Starship and then Love Van Halen. It. Yep. Oh, so good. Uh, yep. Yeah, you know, my why, the the I mean, indulge me in this. I was a philosophy major in, in college. I nice. Eventually, yeah. Um, like when I eventually did graduate, it took a little time. But uh, so my why is to help people escape the cave. And what I mean by that is in there's there's Plato's allegory of the cave, and it's essentially this this metaphor that you know Plato, a Greek philosopher, created of um, how 
people essentially imagine that there's this dark cave and there's a bunch of people in it and they're lined up shoulder to shoulder and they can only look straight ahead at the wall of the cave and all they can see is shadows. And behind them, there's sort of these sadistic, uh, like, you know, dungeon masters who are making shadows on this wall. But that's all that you can see, right? And I think that that's sort of the way it is for a lot of us who haven't discovered entrepreneurship or freelancing or anything like that, um, where, you know, we, we sort of, some people don't know that there's a better way, that there's a way to kind of create a great life and a great income and a great living for yourself uh, through freelancing or through creating businesses and through entrepreneurship. And so really, I think about that allegory of the cave and I think about how there's people who are in that right now, whether it's about money or even relationships, other things like that, there's a better way. And my, my goal is to help people to escape the cave and kind of go out into the, the daylight and into like the real um, possibilities that are there for them. And there's really just, you know, three parts. There's the realization that you're actually in the cave, because if somebody doesn't realize that there's a better way, then they'll always be in the cave. There's the process of uh, extraction, which is once you realize you're in the cave, you say, okay, like, well, how do I get out? Yeah. And so that can be through, uh, you know, podcasts or courses, programs, teaching, content, whether it's free or paid. And then the third part is optimization, because even once people are out of the cave, once they quit their nine to five and they start a business or they start freelancing and they're making lots of money, there's still a lot of ways that people will screw up their lives, whether it's um, by mismanaging their money or messing up their relationships or whatever. So we really need to optimize our lives even once we're out of the cave. And so that's sort of the three-step process, um, but that's really what drives me in, in everything I do. I love that. That's fantastic. So let's talk about copywriting, your area of expertise. What makes a great copywriter? Yeah, I think a great copywriter is able to, is very empathetic normally. Um, I think you're able to put yourself in the shoes of others, like, you know, uh, like your prospects uh, and your target market. Uh, and I think a lot of it comes down to using emotion and storytelling. And then the last part is really following a structure. I mean, really the hero's journey, if you've, if you've ever had, you know, talked about that on your show before. Um, but it's sort of like the, the fact that all of these great stories, you know, throughout history all follow a really similar pattern. And whether that's like the Odyssey, um, you know, by Homer or all, all the way up to like, I always use Moana, like the Disney Pixar movie Moana, mm -hmm. but they all follow the same structure. And um, even with great storytelling and, and great uh, sales copy, you're still kind of following this, this hero's journey of from a place of, uh, kind of normal life to a trigger point, a moment that made you search for a better way or a solution um, mm -hmm. to going through different products and options and struggling to find what actually would work for you. And then ultimately making this discovery. And uh, now that you have a better way uh, with your product or service, you're bringing it to people and helping them to, uh, you know, use it and, and helping to kind of make pay it forward. And I think that's really an important structure that you find in almost all great copywriting. I love that. So if you were to look back at your first sales letter, are you proud of it or does it make you cringe a little? <laughs> Both, I think. Because um, I actually have looked at it uh, occasionally. I've, I've got the email from the guy who, who hired me and, and I looked uh -huh. and, and I, like the headline for it, when I look at it, I'm like, man, this headline is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then there's parts of it that are just a little bit over hypey. Like it sounds like I'm just, I'm just, I think another part of it is like you don't really want to sound like you're selling while you're selling, right? Just like if you're doing offline sales or you're doing person-to-person -person sales and there's sort of really hypey parts where it's like, you know, like putting like jet fuel in your bank account and, you know, like, uh, you know, lighting it all on fire as you just like, you know, crush it. and make, There's just sort of like a little bit of like over-the-top hyperbole and things mm -hmm. of that nature that, you know, I today wouldn't do. But um, 
but I don't know. It's like I, I love, I'm fond of it. I mean, I don't know when yeah. you think of your first your first book. Do you um do you feel like how do you feel when you think of your first book? I love pretty much the same answer. I am proud of it, but there are definitely some things that I would change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still proud of it. In fact, I sold a box of my student leadership books to one of my clients a couple months ago, and she said she's going to uh, give them to her students and they are going to read the book in class. So that's actually a really cool feeling. I'll tell you what, yeah. the first time, the first time I sold books to a school and I spoke for them, I did it on the, the basis of buy my books and I'll come speak for free. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up at the school and the teacher said, we discussed your book in class before you came, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was surreal. That's amazing. It was amazing. So let me ask you this. For someone who's getting started in copywriting, they have to find a client. So what are some of the best ways to do that? Yeah, I think early on, uh, leveraging sites like Upwork, uh, or I think that's you know a good place to start. I did that. At the time, it was Elance back in mm-hmm. 2012 as I was going into my own uh, kind of freelancing career. But um, you know, I think it's a good place to start. It's a good, good opportunity. I think another opportunity is... Um, to kind of if you can look at sort of target or dream clients, people you'd love to work with and make like a um, like a, a list of them almost and reach out and offer and actually provide them like a piece of copy like that you've written for them specifically with like no strings attached. That's one of the best ways to get a client. So, mm-hmm. for example, say, you know, you want to work with uh, someone in the fitness space and there's like a, you know, these different fitness brands and you can reach out and be like, Hey, you know, I'm a huge fan. Like I see you guys are sending emails to your list every single day. And, you know, I noticed that you, you, you're promoting this one thing a bunch. So I wrote you an email promoting it. Um, you know, check it out. Feel free to use it. I'm, I'm an aspiring copywriter. I'm, I'm just getting started out. So if you use it, like, um, I'd love to hear how it goes. If not, no big deal, but I just want no strings attached. Like just want you to be able to try this out. And it sounds funny, but just doing something little like that, you'll generally cut through a lot of the noise because there's so many people who reach out to these companies saying like, Hey, will you hire me? Right. And it's like, that's not good. And then even when you say like, Hey, I'm going to do something for you for free. It's like, once people get to a certain level, people are actually offering to do that for them all of the time. Like, I don't think of myself as being, you know, that like high profile and I'm not, I'm kind of like, I'm well known in this small little niche or space, but you know, Mm -hmm. people are are constantly asking or offering to, to do stuff for me for free. But, but then there's still a, a whole big unknown because it's like, well, you know, what if they stink? And if they stink, mm-hmm. then I have to tell them that they stink and then they don't like me anymore. Or yeah. what if they want me to actually kind of like edit all their stuff for them? And But if someone just gives me something and says, hey, here's, you know, I wrote this for you, check it out, and it's pretty good, then I'm like, oh, hey, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I'm going to use it. Or, um, you know, I may have another need. Like, oh, actually, I need more writing over here. Are you available to do it? And I've mm-hmm. so I've taught this strategy to a lot of people who are early on mm-hmm. in their uh, freelance copywriting careers, and it's, it's actually gone really well. I, I, I don't want to set the expectation that every right. person you reach out to is going to just say, oh, sure, you know, and, and respond. But, like, if you do it, like, it's a numbers game like everything else. If you do that for 10 or 20 people um, – You'll tend to you'll, you'll generally get a couple people who reply, and there's a good chance yeah. that someone will use your stuff, and then even potentially hire you for more work uh, as you move forward. I love that. So, is it easier to shorten your learning curve by specializing in a specific industry? So, let's just say that you got a fitness client. Do you purposely seek out more clients just like that so that you can sort of build your comfort zone? It, it tends to happen that way. I think it's better to focus on a, like a, a medium. So for example, you can do, you know, uh, direct response email copy where they're like advertise, like 
ad emails or, you know, sales emails, types of like, stuff like that. And there's the long form sales copy. And then there's, you know, e-commerce and there's Facebook ads and YouTube ads. And I think, you know, maybe focusing on one um, kind of medium is, is better. I, for me, a lot of copywriters and, and people will say to niche down and focus on one like niche or category early on. Uh, I, I don't really agree with that because I just know for myself personally, I wrote for so many different verticals and categories and I ended up specializing in health, but that was kind of by accident. And I think if I hadn't said yes to a bunch of writing to a bunch of other categories before that, I may not have ended up finding health. So I, I think getting a lot of exposure to a lot of different industries is actually kind of valuable early on. Mm-hmm. And then once you kind of figure out what you like, then I would actually at that point niche down and focus a bit more. Absolutely. You talked earlier about capturing the client's voice, getting in their shoes. When you take on a brand new client that you're working with, what does your exploratory session look like? How do you get to know their voice? Yeah, ideally, if I'm writing in their voice, and I mean, I almost always am, unless it's just like a like an agnostic brand or something. Um, right. You know, I try to get on like calls with them. Obviously, I will research. I'll go to like if they have videos on YouTube, if they've done podcasts, if they've written uh, articles or blogs. I mean, I'll really just try to consume uh, as much of that content as I can. But it does really help to actually hear them talk, to hear them explaining stuff, to hear them selling, uh, you know, something that the same thing that you're going to sell, because as you hear them and you pick up on their sort of cadence and their mannerisms and, uh, you know, the way that they, the way they are and who they are, it just really yeah. helps. And then when I'm writing, I really try to hear their voice in my head while I'm yeah. writing, like actually yeah. hear it. I love that because when I ghostwrite books for people, even when I used to write resumes for people, I would sometimes catch myself and think, oh, he would never use that word in a sentence. So delete, 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 (laughs) pick a a new word. So I totally understand that. So how do you appropriate your target customer's language to connect on a a deeper level? Yeah, so for that, the things I love doing, um, this is part of my research process. I sort of have like a four-step process when writing copy, and that's the RMBC thing, and and R is for research, and it's the first step. I love to go to like forums and then Amazon. And the reason I love forums is because if you, there's a forum about everything you can, there's actually a Google discussions um, kind of plugin or extension you can add uh, where if you type in a topic and then use that, you can click it and see forum like discussions for any topic, but there's forums for everything from like natural health to pets, to real estate, to insurance, to investing. And what you find in forums is that people vary rarely just give you succinct answers like when somebody asks a question or shares like their emotional story of triumph or of like struggling other people come in and they sort of give you a really long um like you know breakdown of their experiences and they say how what 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 they've struggled with and what their pain points have been and how they overcame it and what the solutions they've tried and so as you're doing that and people are, are giving you these or giving not you but they're they're sharing these long extensive answers and forums like it's very easy to go in there and just basically copy and paste what they've said you know and, and put them into like the research document you're creating and then when it becomes time to actually write the copy uh, you can essentially just reuse what people have said in these forums as you're talking to a prospect and the prospect feels like, you know, oh my gosh, how do they know they're talking right into my soul? So right. uh, that's a, a way that I love to approach it. Awesome. And we're right up against our break. My guest this week is Stefan Georgi, and we're talking about copywriting. We will come right back and talk much more about this when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Stefan Georgia, and we are talking about copywriting and he has helped generate over 700 million dollars in sales throughout his career for himself and for his clients i just want to ask you did you ever envision that you would get to a level that big i know you're shooting for a billion (laughs) yeah um no but and i and i definitely didn't set out with like a goal of being like a billion dollar copywriter or anything like that i you know really it was just about uh making enough like kind of money doing something I was passionate about to enjoy more freedom in my life. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, when they go into freelancing and entrepreneurship, it's really freedom is that word that comes up again and again. And so, um, you know, I really had no goal for how much money that my, my, or my writing would generate or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm a smart enough marketer that once I realized how much, you know, once it got above like 400 or 500 million, which kind of happened pretty fast in the grand scheme of things. Um, I was like, I should probably, you know, use that as a selling point for myself because it's a pretty, you know, cool accomplishment. It is. What does it take to reach such a world-class level? Because that's, I mean, that is otherworldly to a lot of people listening. Yeah, it's, um, there's a couple parts to that. Uh, You know, I think one part is uh, being obsessively focused on just being like being the best, um, yeah. like be, by being really good and, 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 you know, loving and honoring and respecting your craft. Um, I think a lot of people come into any sort of profession and, and whether that's in freelancing or somewhere else and they get impatient. And for me, I was less concerned about, yeah, I want to make lots of money and all that, but like it was, it was less about that and more about how do I get better? Right. And, and got to just keep getting better. Um, you know, the other part of it is really that basic stuff that people just seem to not do as much these days, like just really um, being respectful of your clients, like really honoring them, um, you know, meeting deadlines, uh, over delivering, giving more than was asked of you, proactively communicating, things of that nature. I think that stuff's really important. 
Um, I definitely just got a little bit lucky as well with some of the people who who hired me. And then as I got to a higher like kind of stature, um, being selected with who I worked with so that knowing that if I write for somebody, there's a good probability that it's going to produce a high amount of like kind of revenue and, and you know, and see the light of day. Because when you're early on, like the challenge is you'll get hired by somebody for 300 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever it is but they don't know what they're doing either. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, like you can write the greatest copy in the world, but they never, they have no plan. They don't know how to get traffic to their website. They don't know how to get eyeballs on it. And uh, so, you know, that doesn't do you a whole lot of good, but once you start working with clients that are already doing eight figures or nine figures and, you know, you write stuff for them and they can plug it into their machine and their infrastructure and, and scale it across Facebook or YouTube or native ads or whatever it is um, that, you know, that helps you to, to kind of, Get those numbers up pretty high pretty fast so so part of his client selection too absolutely what do you think are some of the most common mistakes that copywriters make um as far as like with writing goes or their career do you think uh you can go either way yeah um okay let's do writing to start because that's sure fun to talk about yeah uh, and this and this is really relevant uh for anybody listening I, I think these things are really universal and just anytime people you're selling in general so you know the first part or one of the most common mistakes would be um, kind of like throat clearing at the beginning and not kind of starting with like starting in the middle of the action. If you're telling a story, not having like a big like attention grabbing first opening line. So by that, I mean, um, say, yeah, I have a friend, uh, Andy, who has a skincare company and he's been on um, Dave Asprey's like, you know, podcast a couple of times. And he has this amazing story. He was basically he was a model slash actor in L.A. and he was walking across Melrose boulevard or avenue or whatever it is and he got hit by uh, a car that was like barreling down the road and he flipped across the medium and got run over by a truck and woke up in like you know a hospital and his face was completely configured or you know um like yeah thank you yeah Yeah. words you think i would know i'd be okay (laughs) sorry um, yeah completely disfigured and um so you know if you're writing copy for someone like andy and it's like the i think the first line is sort of like you know when i was 27 um I mean, it's like, you know, the first truck like hit me uh, head on, but the second truck is the one that ran over me or something like that. You know, some opening line, even for an ad, right, that's going to talk about skincare, because basically while he was in the hospital, his face is, you know, disfigured and he had always been interested in skincare. And he basically created his own formula from these like bringing in industrial vats and all these ingredients and, um, you know, plus a, a bunch of surgery and stuff. But it really made a difference for him. And now he shares the skincare with other people. And um, so, you know, but. A good writer could could take the whole drama of him having that awful night and kind of capture someone's attention and then turn it into, um, you know, this inspiring story and how his product was created. Whereas with a less co- accomplished or competent writer, you know, they may start talking about how like, hey, my name is Andy and I've got something to tell you about today and this is something that I think you'll really like. In fact, a lot of people really like it and and just like it's sort of like that's why I'm my throat clearing. It's like just get to the 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 attention grabbing kind of big like you know moment and then from there you can go backwards and sort of tell the story that led up to it um and so starting in the action when you're storytelling and then in general just kind of getting to like the most don't bury the lead right just like in journalism get like the most interesting stuff most attention grabbing stuff there first um that's a huge one and then another one in general that can go hand in hand with this is too much talking about yourself and not enough Mm -hmm. answering what's in it for me right because when the prospect is, you know, on okay, I, I mostly am in the digital world. So, you know, the, the prospects on Facebook spying on 
their friend of me or like looking at what their crush from high school is doing when they should be working or something like that. And they see an ad and the ad's good enough that they click on it. And then they get to like an e-com page or a sales page or whatever it is. And they read for a second, but then they're like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I reading this? I was doing something entirely different. Mm -hmm. And so we need to answer really quickly. Well, here, here's why you're reading this, like, you know, calling out whatever pain point that they're, they're struggling with and then promising the solution and making it unique and having curiosity elements, like teasing interesting stuff that you're going to share on the page, things like that. But a lot of times people will go to write copy and whether they're talking about a product or they're telling a story, it's just very one dimensional. It's just about the product and here are the features and here's the features. And, or if it's a story, it's like, Hey, you know, I did this and then I did that. And in all those cases, the prospect is like, well, like, why do I care about this? Like what, you know, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how you lose their attention and, and ultimately lose the sale. Yeah. So when I read sales copy, it seems like there's a formula to it. Am I imagining this or is there a, a specific formula that tends to work better than anything else? Yeah, there, there totally is. I think, you know, there's a couple formulas depending on what um, the kind of the format or the medium is. But, you know, typically, like, you're really you've got the lead, which is where you're, again, calling out the prospects kind of pain point. Um, you're promising solutions. And these are things that are going to save time or money. Um, you know, and help them get the results when they fail in the past. You're you're teasing like a, what I call the unique mechanism. So you're teasing the fact that this is the new solution you're going to be sharing with them works differently than uh, anything else they've tried in the past. And you know, maybe there's a cool name for what you're doing. Um, like it could be something as simple as like a like integrated like a lead generation or something like that. If you're selling lead gen, um, you're you're teasing some unique thing that you're going to tell them about that that is like why this going to help them to succeed. Um, and then, you know, lots of curiosity and a few other things. And then from there, it's usually the background story, right? So it's especially if you're, you're talking from uh, the point of view of a spokesperson who's also, you know, kind of one of the creators or founders of the company of sort of the whole thing of, you know, I'm so-and-so and, you know, while today life is great, not too long ago, I was just like you, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was in pain and I was struggling and here's the kind of emotional story and telling the story of the struggling and painting the picture. And, and hopefully the prospect is seeing themselves and, and, um, the spokesperson's story of struggling. Uh, and then we get to like, you know, where they suddenly they have this paradigm shift or they discover what I call the unique mechanism behind the problem, which is like the real reason why they hadn't had any success solving their problem in the past. And this is yeah. something that, you know, is entirely different. Um, and that's really important because, by the time our prospect gets to us, they've almost always tried other things in the past to solve their pain points. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we're just sort of like if you're, you're for a diet offer, like a weight loss supplement or a, a diet mm -hmm. ebook or guide, you know, if you're like, oh, it's just calorie in, calorie out, right? People are yeah. like, oh, I've heard that a million times. Like that doesn't work. Um, or even if you're like, it's keto, right? People are like, oh, I've tried keto. It didn't work for me. Um, so you need to find kind of like this unique reason why it is that they've been struggling. Um, and then there's like the logically connected to that is unique mechanism of the solution. So like, okay, well, if this is the real reason why, or you say the spokesperson discovered that, well, this is why I'm really struggling. Then couldn't I just do this and fix my problem? And they started trying it and through trial and error, it did work. It did solve their problem. And that's when they realized they had to share it with the world. And that's when product was born. And then basically once you, you know, introduce the product at that point, um, then it's going into like what's called like the close where you're talking about, uh, you know, now, of course, there's other options, there's other solutions, but here's why they're inferior. And while, you know, the value is really high and like you could 
you know, it could easily ask like for, you know, $2,000 for this, like this isn't about money, it's about whatever. And so today you can try it for $200. So that's sort of like the rough structure. Again, it's sort of going back to the hero's journey. So, but calling out the pain point solution um, or call it the pain point promising solution, background story leads to the discovery of the unique mechanism behind the problem, then the unique mechanism behind the solution. That's the buildup that goes to the product reveal and then the close where we tell them about the product, what's in it, why it's so valuable, and then ask them to buy it. And that's sort of the same structure uh, consistently. That is gold. And if you missed any of that, listen back to the replay. In fact, you'll be able to hear it on iTunes or at SuccessProfilesRadio.com later tonight and going forward. we got a couple minutes to our final break. How do you measure how effective your sales letter is? Of course, generating sales is important, but there are there specific metrics that you look at? Yeah, so conversion rate obviously is helpful, finding out, you know, how is it converting? And then conversion rate, like that alone is sort of not enough, though, because there's a lot of context to it. So, for example, if mm-hmm. somebody, you know, a warm email list, if, if a list of, of buyers of, you know, Bob's product uh, get sent like an email promoting but from Bob saying buy Stefan's product and that's a really congruent offer, you know, that might convert at like five or 10% or 20% if the price point's like $5 or, you know, it can be whatever um, versus on quote unquote cold traffic places where people have no idea who you are, you know, the conversion rate might be 1% or 2% or three, you know, it is, it can mm-hmm. be all over the place. So it's conversion rate, but it's also coupled with understanding where the traffic is coming from and, you know, kind of having a a benchmark there. So is it from like a warm audience? Is it from cold Facebook traffic, YouTube, native advertising, things like that. Um, Other stuff you can look at like earnings per click. So if you're, you know, somebody emails and promotes your, your offer, your sales letter, how much are they making for every person who clicks the link to go to your sales page? Um, And then I think the other metric that's actually really important is the average order value too, because if you're selling, you know, packages or, um, whether that's like physical or, uh, you know, like a service or you know, gold versus platinum, like consulting package, whatever, um, you know, the, the higher the average order value is, the more money you're able to pay to acquire customers and the more scale you can achieve. Absolutely. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest is Stefan Georgi, and we are talking about copywriting. And we've got one more segment to go. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. And we will come right back. After the break, and by the way, he does have a podcast called Road to a Billion. Fantastic. You can find it on YouTube, and I'm sure he'll tell us after the break where else he can find it. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. 
good idea to marry someone just as smart as you, if not smarter, because according to studies, you'll have a built-in brain booster sitting right across the breakfast table. Scientists discovered that after 14 years together, the spouse with a better grasp of verbal meanings and word fluency had pulled their lower-functioning partner up to their level. So, what's another word for a marriage between well-matched persons? Nomogamosis. As opposed to a marriage in which persons are grossly incompatible, heterogamosis. A kiss at least once a day can trigger the release of the bonding hormone oxytocin and lowers the level of the stress hormone cortisol. What's another name for kissing with your eyes closed? Tiflabasia. It's marching. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Stefan Georgi, and we've been talking about copywriting. He has generated over $700 million in sales with his words to benefit himself and his clients. And we've been talking about some of the nuts and bolts of copywriting. And Stefan, you have coaching programs. You have a mastermind. You have a course. How can we study with you further? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a copywriting course called uh, the RMBC Method, which stands for Research Mechanism Brief and Copy. Um, you can just go to rmbcmethod.com to check that out. Uh, and actually, sorry, the rmbcmethod.com. And then uh, my mastermind is called Copy Accelerator. I have a partner in that uh, named Justin Goff, and uh, that is a yearly kind of mastermind where we are doing weekly training calls, uh, teaching about copy. Uh, plus, there's like you know a year and a half's worth of kind of um, different pre- you know, calls we've done in the past and trainings, and we do like live events a couple times a year, and we do feedback for our members, and actually we'll look at their copy for them, and um, you know, frankly, that's all. It, it's I've got about 250 people in it, and it's pretty much all mm-hmm. been through word of mouth. But um, mm-hmm. you know, if you kind of look at uh, copyaccelerator.com or copyandfunnelaccelerator.com, you know, you can see it there. I love that. Do you remember the very first time that someone said, I want to pay you to teach me what you know? Yeah, I think the well, I did a uh, like a, an intensive, like a two day intensive in early 2018. I, I, may, I mean, I taught a little bit before that because for one of my um, my mm-hmm. clients, they ended up wanting me to kind of create like an agency for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, they I guess they were sort of paying me. Um, they it was weird because these guys were in like Romania and they were sort of secretive and they're like, we don't want you to hire like established copywriters because they'll have too many bad habits. So we want you to just find basically people off the street. So I put, oh. I put like a thing on Craigslist about, hey, want to, you know, make money writing. And, and um, I was like, interviewing people at a Starbucks by my house and then they have gained an office and training these people in copywriting for them. And, and I got paid to do that. So maybe that was the first time. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, frankly. I bet it was. How do you decide who you want to work with? You know, I had them do like writing back then, at least it was, you know, doing writing samples. Was that, was that the question? I want to make sure I got yes. that right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'd ask like kind of traditional interview questions about strengths and weaknesses and things of that nature. But I, I had them do some different writing tests while we were together. So I'd have them um, basically try and paint a picture of different scenes by 
you know, writing. Because I figured if they can use descriptive language and really, um, you know, make me feel like I'm in a scene or in a different uh, setting, then, you know, that, that's an effective thing that can't really be taught that somebody, in, you know, intuitively has or doesn't have. Um, and so a lot of it was just kind of the, those little writing tests to see uh, the people who, who seem to have some innate talent. Absolutely. Tell us about your most memorable client experience. Oh, man, that's a good one. I... I don't think one I can share because there's some of their memorable, but that like the client was like a pain in the butt. So I probably don't yeah. want to share those. But I, you know, I think I'm just for me like the the coolest thing or what I what I really like the most is is with copywriting is I get to meet so many really interesting people. So like I've gone to write for Tony Horton, you know, who did like um, mm. you know P90X, and um, this was not for for Beachbody, but for a different company that he's with now. But I got to write for him and have calls with him. Um, you know, Dr. Gundry, who's a pretty famous cardiologist and um, you know, MD, and he's wrote um, the Plant Paradox and some other great books. Um, uh, another guy named Dr. Uh, Dixit, who was named LA's top doctor, Dr. Goglia, who was like the doctor to literally Elon Musk, like Jennifer Lawrence, like uh, all of the Avengers. I mean, any famous person you can think of, like he's helped them with like their health, and and so just getting to like kind of talk with people like that and then get to yeah. write for them. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about uh, what I do. Absolutely. So you have a podcast called Road to a Billion. Tell us about that because I I love the idea of this show. Yeah, thanks, man. I yeah, it it, it came about because as I've gotten a little bit better known in my space and. I've got my email list and I've got this Facebook group um, with kind of a free copy Facebook group that's got like 6,000 people in it now. And and I, people are reaching out to me all the time. And I was kind of just like, I, I, I really try to respond to as many people as I can. But I'm like, as I keep putting myself out there, it's going to get harder and harder. And I was like, is there a way for me to kind of interact with as many people as possible and answer their questions and, and everything? And then I realized, well, why don't I do it like a call-in style radio show? So uh, I decided to create this show called The Road to a Billion. Uh, the reason for that name, because yes, uh, my you know copy should have hit a billion dollars in sales by the end of the year, actually. And then more importantly, I want to make a direct impact in the lives of you know at least a billion people over the next 10 years, whether that's emotional, mental, financial, physical, spiritual. And, um, and so essentially, it's just like every week I have a different, um, it's either me, some, it started out just me, but now I have a lot of different guests on from the marketing and entrepreneurial realm. And, um, then like I'll interview them for half an hour and then we just open it up and, and take people's like questions. And we do it like a call on radio show where we sort of say what their question is about and then they get to ask their question and then me and the guests will help to answer it. So stuff about, you know, freelancing or copywriting or PR or entrepreneurship or how to, you know, scale a, a funnel, um, everything. And, and just, it's, it's a really good time. I really enjoy doing it. And, um, mm. hopefully I'll be doing that. Hopefully I'll one day be celebrating my 400th episode of that. Although it's hard to imagine. This is very impressive what you've done. Thank you. I appreciate that. So how can we listen to it live? Yeah, so the best way is honestly to get on my email list because I send out a thing to my email list um, the day before, and and I do it through Zoom, so you have to just register like as like a webinar. Um, so you know, it, like it is on iTunes, um, mm -hmm. and and I put the replays on YouTube the next day. But if you want to be on the call calls and ask questions, uh, best thing to do is just get on my email list, which is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, you'll get emailed out about it. And it's a good list. I, I write every single day and I, it's not like pre-canned. I just, I write like from scratch every morning and right. um, only sell you every now and then. Most of the time I'm, I'm just trying to provide value and insights and stuff like that. Absolutely. So you and I both know uh, some common people, the people who are representing you with your PR and I'm in their mastermind. How has getting media coverage changed your business? 
Yeah, it's been helpful. I, th- I think the biggest thing is probably just increased credibility. Um, you know, some I probably need to update my bio, but they got me a really nice feature in Forbes. And then mm. I've gotten two articles written about me uh, for Grow by CNBC. And I just got emailed from them today. That there's a third one coming out. Um, Business Insider did a really nice feature. And so I think, you know, for me personally, I, I think the key to PR in general is that you know, just getting PR, unless you're like super famous and you're getting covered all the time, like that coverage doesn't really make you money or, or do a lot. But you have to like leverage it as well, right? It's yeah. what you do with the coverage. And um, so I think for me, it's been just that increased credibility because as funny as it seems and, and, you know, when it happens to you, you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you know, like Forbes wrote about me, but it's just me. But then people mm-hmm. see that and they look at you a little bit differently. And so yeah. um, I think that's been one of the, the biggest benefits. Absolutely. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? What makes you really effective on a daily basis? Yeah, my my biggest one by far is um, I'm a morning person and I've, I've been waking up early and earlier, earlier and earlier now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll wake up at like 4.30, 5 a.m. most days. And um, but my biggest thing is whatever my my most important needle mover is for that day, which I've already identified at the start of each week, I kind of list out everything I've got to do and pick my two to three most important things that if those things get done, then no matter what else I doesn't get done, I'll still feel like the week was, a, a, was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for those, I spend two hours in the morning, a lot of times it's copy, right? But I'll spend the first two hours just, uh, writing copy or doing, working on that needle mover. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is before I check email and it's before I go on social media and that's super, super, super important. I've just found that as soon as you go on Facebook and the dopamine hits start mm-hmm. coming and, it's just like your whole day can get screwed up. So um, if you can just like wake up and just go right into your biggest, most important task and spend two hours on it, I think it'll it'll fundamentally change your life forever. It's it's insane because you feel it's like eight o'clock or whatever time it is. And you've already accomplished the thing that you instead of spending time like dreading it and like nine o'clock comes around, then 10 o'clock and you're like, oh, I got to do this. And you put it yeah. off, you never get to it and you feel mad at yourself. And there's like some self-loathing. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you just get it done, like the level of confidence, like, um, that comes from that and the amount of, you know, the, the, the fact that you're getting stuff done and moving towards a goal. To me, that's that's a, a magical, life-changing thing. Absolutely. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us? Um, I like I like outlaw country music a lot. Oh, wow. Like Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I really, um, I go through phases where like I would just listen to nothing but outlaw country for like a month or two at a time. I'm very eclectic with my music taste. I love like rock and other stuff too, but I really love uh, outlaw country. Yeah, I love that. What is the most influential book you've ever read? I know. So, you know, I felt like we were going to talk about books and um, it's it's shoot. It's tough because there's a lot that have been really influential. Right. I, you know, I love Stephen Covey. I love um, yeah. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's that's, high, that's definitely up there. Absolutely. So here's an off the wall question that I've enjoyed asking lately. You are on your way to approach. Uh, you're on your way to attack the Death Star and you're on your final approach. What song are you cranking? Oh, my gosh. Um I mean, maybe like Back in Black by ACDC, although it's a little bit cliche, but I mean, come mm-hmm. on, it's such a good song. Yeah. I, my first vote would be for Tom Sawyer by Rush. Oh, that'd be great. I, I honestly like yours more. I, it's, I can just, because I can hear it. I can just hear it playing and the kind of synth- yeah. synthesizers coming in and everything. And uh, Absolutely. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him? Um, be patient. Trust the process. Um, you know, just focus on worry less about outcomes and more about perfecting processes. Yeah, I love that. So as we get closer to the end, here's the question I ask everyone, Stefan, who motivates and inspires you? Uh, honestly, that where I am today in my life, it is my daughter. Um, it's mm. like just 
insane. Even with my email list and doing stuff with YouTube or the podcast and all the, I put out a ton of, of free content and then I have paid stuff too, but I'm doing it to help people because I just love helping people. But, but I also think about by creating all this content, I'm creating this whole legacy or this whole kind of treasure trove of, of ways that as my daughter gets older, um, she'll be able to see me at this moment in time and, you know, see who I am and what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. And so, um, that excites me and then the opportunity that she, here she is as this little being in this world that I get to have such a massive amount of influence on. Um, and I had the opportunity to, to, to help to make her a, a positive force for, you know, good and change and, and just like, uh, I don't know, progress in this world. Um, that just motivates me to no end. I love that. So one more time, how can we find you? How can we try with you? How can we vibe with you? Man, the, the best way is is probably my email list. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash uh, subscribe. And like I said, I email pretty much every day. Um, yeah, feel free to. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm ubiquitous. But um, the email list is really the, the spot. Fantastic. And your last parting shot, what else would you like for us to know? I just you know, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I think um, you know, if anybody is feeling like they're they're in between – in life right now, like they feel like they're not a, don't be afraid to escape the cave, you know, like you don't have to burn the boats, you know, mm-hmm. you can put one step out of the boat or put one foot out of the boat into the water and keep one foot, one foot in, like you don't have to burn the boats. Um, if you're, if you're interested in something, just make a micro commitment, spend a couple hours a week on it and uh, you'll be amazed at how far along you can go. Awesome. Stefan, thank you for being here. You were a fun guest. Thanks for celebrating episode 400 with me. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they overcame, what they learned along the way, and what we can learn from their journeys. Have a great week, everyone. I hope you had a fantastic holiday, uh, Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.